Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Jamie. And people who are listening can't tell, but those of you on the video see two pasty people in dress shirts. So uh-huh, yes. <laughs> I'm looking at the video of us right now. It's like, wow, we look like a, a Land's End ad. That's hilarious. Uh, because because we're heading to an event, so we're in yes. our, our dress shirts. Uh-huh. Uh, heading uh, down to Dayton tonight. Uh, Hannah's going to be in Akron later. Mm-hmm. Our team is busy. It is, which is why there's only two of our heads and not three of our heads today because everyone else is out doing things or very rightfully on vacation, which is very important. Right. And and <laughs> we'll then return to do things. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a busy August. It is. I think we knew it was going to be busy. It's turning out to... Fulfill that uh, that promise. I mean, I was hopeful at the beginning of the summer, but then as soon as Kennedy retired, we knew it was over. So, yes, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the big national story that everybody was talking about was uh, Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort are both guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I had a I, I had a lot of fun with the people who re um, defined the MAGA. With my attorney got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, your attorney and your campaign manager, one pleading guilty and being found guilty of felonies all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently Paul Manafort, uh, you know, they busted him on like eight felonies, uh, but then there was another 10 or so yeah. where it was apparently like just one juror. <laughs> yes. And she's a red hat wearing weirdo. I haven't heard anything about that. I knew it was one juror, but I hadn't heard anything about her. Apparently there were tears in the deliberation room. Wow. And everyone was like trying to get her to see reason. And she was like, no, I just want to believe them. Oh, and geez. and the, the things that they convicted Paul Manafort on, uh, you know, the tax fraud and all mm-hmm. of that was just like so incredibly obvious. Yeah that she would have had to have admitted to herself that she was lying. Uh, to well, at ha- least, to at least she had that this. level. Cause I don't think the president has that level of awareness. So maybe that's a good barometer is that these things are getting to the point where even a, you know, make Mago America wearing great again, hat wearing person admits, Oh yeah, they're guilty about these things. I don't think we're there yet though. Time doing Peach. I looked at I looked at right wing social media the day after all of that happened and like, you know, my Facebook feed, my Twitter feed is like just one after another and after another person commenting on it and, you know, gleefully being excited about it. And like it was silence on right wing social media. Like I don't even think right. like Fox News Fox News even covered it that day. So I thought they picked up a little bit of it, but mm-hmm. I think they were doing kind of their same sort of, you know, this doesn't mean anything. Here's uh, here's some video of deer in the uh, field. Yes. 
panda so, yeah. in the zoo. I just don't just think that we're craziness there Fox News distracts people with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so, so that happened, and that's what everybody in the like political world their heads exploded this week. Yes. Uh, in the sporting world, and I swear to God, there's a connection. Uh, in the sporting <laughs> world, last night uh, we were working on some of our stuff, but I was watching the news. Uh, Urban Meyer has finally been punished for the domestic violence uh, assault scandal. Um, he will now serve a three-game suspension uh, because he did not uh, adequately address the situation of one of his assistant coaches, Zach Scott, uh, who had uh, assaulted his wife, mm-hmm. uh, Courtney, Zach yeah. Smith, not Scott. Yeah. So. Um, but so Coach Zach uh, needed to have been fired a long time prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't. No. Even though both Shelly Meyer and Urban Meyer knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now is facing a three-game suspension. Yes. What do you think about that? I think it's not enough. Well, I think that I, I have lots of thoughts. Number one, firing a coach or firing an athletic director isn't going to do anything unless you make change behind it. So if they had just kind of figurehead fired people and said, it's all good, we're going to hire somebody else new who's going to do the same freaking thing over again. And we wouldn't, wouldn't have addressed the issue at all. Right. So firing without any action behind it is also stupid. But I don't know. I mean, some of the report is now coming out because they just did the press conference last night, but now they're releasing parts of the report and things like that. And uh-huh. so, you know, it's. I feel like it's showing more and more that they did so little. And I really got annoyed at how people were talking about stuff yesterday. Yeah. Because, I mean... Like in most big college towns that have a big, very well-known football program, like football is almost God in the city. I think you could say the same thing about a lot of cities in Texas and Ann Arbor and and all those places. But No, but I mean, Ohio State, you know. Yes. It's a religion here. Yeah. And so, you know, what we were hearing, I mean, I watched uh, Facebook Live. They thought Urban Meyer was going to come out these doors at like three o'clock yesterday. That nobody came out of any doors until after eight o'clock, by the way. But at three o'clock, somebody was convinced Urban Meyer was going to come out of these doors. So one of the local sports newscaster guys like went on Facebook Live and basically had a talk over, you know, video of two doors on the side of a building for like 15 minutes. Right. And it was all Buckeye nation needs closure. We need closure. The football players need closure. We need, you know, the football fans need closure. That's why it needs to end today. And I'm like, right. Have we forgotten what this is about? This isn't about football. This is not about really isn't even really about urban Meyer or any, it is about, a dude beating his wife and them knowing about it for a long time and not doing anything about it and none of the coverage. I mean, Urban Meyer's statement yesterday was an apology to Buckeye Nation. Yeah. When he was asked, somebody actually asked, do you have something to tell Courtney? And he was just just kind of no, weird. He, he was apologizing to me. Yes. He was not apologizing to Courtney for allowing her abusive husband to continue being a football player right. and a football coach for a long time after he should have been. Right. So, like, there's absolutely no recognition on any level about what this was actually about. And that's what annoys me the most. Suspend him, fire him, whatever, but actually acknowledge and fix the problem that exists. Uh, Jessica Luther, who's uh, a a Texas area, uh, you know, heavy on tweeting, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, friend of ours, she pointed out that there was 
there were what she felt to be a larger number of sports reporters that were saying, hey, wait a minute, Urban's not mentioning the actual victim here. So yeah. uh, she was saying that, you know, silver, tiny silver lining. <laughs> Light that, at the end of the tunnel. That there, there was, and I, you know, I, I think we're, we're post Penn State um, and that whole scandal where there was members of the media who said, wow, this is, you know, a legitimate scandal that many people in the media, dispatch reporters were saying, yes, Urban should be fired for this. Um, you know, from from what I could see scrolling through Twitter, though, you know, really disappointed by Buckeye Nation. Yes. Oh, my as, God, yes. Watching the comments on the Facebook Live when I was getting so annoyed, every one of them was, we support you, Urban. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm speaking as a, a guy who's been to one or more games every single year for the past two mm-hmm. decades. Uh, the way that they completely did their best to dismantle this woman and her claim of domestic violence online was really disgusting. Mm -hmm. And for almost just that alone, I I really feel that the three game suspension was, was far too lenient. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of assumed that, you know, six games and I, if, if I had to decide, you know, I'd, I would fully support, you know, people making the decision to fire him. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured where it would end up would be six games and then a fine of some sort because there's domestic violence organizations out there that yeah. do work. Uh, we're not one of them, so I'm not like, you know, shilling for dollars here. But but there are organizations mm-hmm. that we know of that do work to prevent domestic violence to help women. Urban Meyer makes like seven million bucks a year. Yeah, fine. Urban Meyer a million dollars and give that money to some of these charities that do work to prevent mm-hmm. domestic violence, or spend a chunk of that money actually training your freaking staff on what you should do about it. Because right. I mean, this isn't the only OSU scandal. I mean, talking about like who should be fired. I mean, we've got an athletic director who well, I guess he didn't. He wasn't there during the wrestling scandal because that was so long ago, but there was... He was there during the Jim Trestle scandal, yeah, so this was, is his second that was football not, coach. Yeah. <laughs> it was not sexual assault, but yeah, another scandal. But then also he was there during the diving coach yes. sexual abuse scandal. And so he is now been... And, and the, you know, the OSU athletic department deals enough with the marching band that athletic yes. director Gene Smith should have been held liable for... The marching band scandal, honestly, oh, yes. uh-huh. where we did fire the band director. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I felt that the marching band situation provided a perfect example for, okay, if you've recognized this problem, this is the severity mm-hmm. of it. In the marching band scandal, there was a sexual assault involved between band members. Mm-hmm. They felt the resolution for that was to fire the band director. Why does Urban Meyer, you know, get the slap on the wrist? Yeah, especially now with some of the stuff coming out. So one of the pieces that came out was that, I guess, Shelly Meyer, his wife, because a lot of this did, I, I'm not one to bring wives in randomly because I think that's mean and nasty, but she was actually she was a part of this. She was to. Yeah, she yeah. was, Courtney turned to Urban's wife, Shelly. Shelly went to the Powell police to try to get police documents on the time that Courtney called the police on her husband. Um, but the, she was not able to get those. And the documents I read today said that she, at that point, then didn't tell Urban about what Courtney had told her about the abuse because she didn't really think, she couldn't really validate Courtney's claims. 
Right. So Courtney was given zero benefit of doubt. And I think about 14 times in his statement yesterday, Urban Meyer kept saying, my problem was that I always gave Zach the benefit of the doubt. I always gave Zach the benefit of the doubt. So again, we're giving this abuser the benefit of the doubt time and time and time and time again. And we're, oh, I can't get the police report to like validate what Courtney's saying. So I don't trust what she's saying. Right. Give her the benefit of yes, the doubt. Give her the benefit of the doubt. If Stop giving it to him. Giving benefits of doubts. <laughs> give it to, give the it to her. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yeah. Really disappointed in the entire university, the program. I, I believe Michael Drake, the university president, was the one pushing to uh, apply additional suspensions. That's what all the media was reporting out of that closed-door session. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, complete crap show. Uh, mm-hmm. from from my school. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I connect all of these okay. because I was asked about the Cohen Manafort thing by our intern. Well, hey, is this going to have an effect in the Supreme Court yeah. battle? You know, you've got this guilty verdict. There's going to be punishments applied. Urban Meyer, he's, you know, found to be at fault. Mm-hmm. Punishment is applied. Is this going to make a difference? Um, you know, and I think in terms of people in Columbus who support Ohio State, in terms of people nationally who are looking at the Trump administration, if everybody sits on their hands mm-hmm. and does nothing and shuts up about it, then no, nothing changes. Uh, so this is my connection. Okay. Is that people need to be vocal about the things that they care about. They need to be speaking up and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, we have guilty verdicts. We have punishments being applied. Where is the change that comes afterwards? Yeah. Uh, we're now looking at a U.S. Supreme Court nomination for Brett Kavanaugh, and there's guilty verdicts. Yeah. The president's got a team of felons that he's yes. been supporting, that he's benefited from. He should not be allowed to appoint uh, a lifetime nomination to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. No, he shouldn't. And, you know, yeah, and and especially one like Brett Kavanaugh that has the whole background on well, you know, presidents are above the law and they can't be prosecuted. I mean, you've got you've got a president who is surrounded by people. I mean, and really is surrounded by people who have either pled guilty or been found guilty or are under investigate direct investigation for felonies, right? And you've got a Supreme Court justice who will be on the bench for the rest of his life that says, oh, presidents can't be prosecuted. Right. If you can't see that direct connection and say there's no way in heck you should ever confirm Kavanaugh, there's definitely something wrong in your brain. Right. Presidents or football coaches are not above the law. Yes, <laughs> they are not. And they should be held accountable and change should happen when these kinds of things happen. Yes. But that change only happens when people speak up. Yes. So, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, has been talking to Sherrod Brown. They had a sit down meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't yet know, uh, how Sherrod Brown's going to vote. He's been, um, kind of, uh, not yet taking a commitment on mm-hmm. voting yes or no on this nomination. He's listening. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely expressed. He's got serious concerns about his record and, you know, even after he met with Kavanaugh expressed, he has serious concerns about Kavanaugh's record. Right. But no, I appreciate legislators on all levels that 
consider things and look at all the evidence and don't just make a knee-jerk reaction at the very beginning. Rob Portman? Yes, Rob Portman. He's the best justice has ever, ever been nominated to the court, mm. ever, ever, ever. No, I don't think. Um, me neither. <laughs> Rob Portman wrote an op-ed supporting Brett Kavanaugh. He's been apparently guiding Kavanaugh's mm-hmm. uh, talks through the Senate. So he's on the uh, the support staff yes. for Kavanaugh now. Um, My eyes can't roll hard enough at that. Right. Uh, but Sherrod is listening. Yes. And and people have been, and people on our side, friends of ours, have been like, what do you mean he's not a no vote yet? <laughs> take take that with, you know, sincerity. Yes. He's listening. Yes. He's considering. We know where Sherrod Brown's values are, and yes. he is not going to vote for somebody who doesn't share those values. There's nothing wrong with listening. Mm-hmm. So... Especially when other people just make sh- crap up. I almost cussed. I stopped myself. Um, Don't make me edit the radio. <laughs> I mean, like Susan Collins this week. We saw yes. her. She had her sit down with Kavanaugh this week, too. And she's like, well, he thinks it's settled law, so it's fine. No, no, no. Not in fact fine. Right. doesn't matter if he thinks it's settled law now. I mean, they can totally, as we've talked about on the on the show before, they don't have to overturn Roe to completely dismantle it. So right. he can think, oh, yeah, it's totally settled law, but I'm going to completely dismantle it on the other end. Right. So Susan Collins either put up or shut up about actually being pro-choice because right. this is the vote that matters. Chuck Schumer responded to that saying, well, it doesn't matter if he thinks that it's settled law. The question is, does he believe it was settled correctly? Yes. And would he try and change it if given the opportunity? Mm-hmm. And it really seems like he would. Yes. I mean, every time he's had a chance to do it, he, it's been right his choice. So, uh, In Washington today, we saw video already. I'll, put, uh, I'll embed that one in the show notes because it was pretty cool. Uh, reproductive justice organizations in the, uh, um, in the office buildings of the U.S. Senate um, storming the Senate to let them know, yes. you know, hey, we do not support... Kavanaugh nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fabulous. And so Elena from RCRC, who joins us um, fairly frequently, and Jessica Root, who you've met on the show a couple weeks ago. Jessica Roach Ro- from Ro- Root. Yeah, sorry. Jessica Roach from Root. Uh, yeah, it's been a long week, and it's only Thursday. And um, and a bunch of the Patients to Advocates fellows actually went down to D.C. or across to D.C. for that day and are doing amazing work out there. They actually met with Sherrod Brown today. Um, and talk to him about their concerns about the Kavanaugh's nomination. Right. So not only is Sherry Brown listening to what Kavanaugh has to say, but he's also listening to what advocacy organizations and people of color and reproductive justice organizations think about his nomination as well. Right. That's incredibly important. You know, that it, it it's a senator meeting with his constituents. Yes. But, He's actually listening to them. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. I mean, the pictures, and we can put some in the show notes because RCRC tweeted them out. But, yes. like, I mean, Sherrod's just generally a very compassionate kind of guy that connects with people in a room. And you can really tell that he's listening and he's caring about what people are saying. He's not one of those politicians who, you know, basically falls asleep in the room. Right. Mike DeWine sleeps in the room. <laughs> yeah. I guess Mike DeWine slept through the Iran-Contra hearings, but whatever. Oh, jeez. That was like 30 years ago. There are so many aspects to that. But... <laughs> so wrong. We'll talk about that some other week. Um, on, on the subject of courts, though, uh, mm-hmm. in Ohio, we've had problems with courts. Yes. Uh, and Mike DeWine. Uh, and, <laughs> and Mike DeWine, right. 
showing how important courts are. Uh, Women's Med Center of Dayton had a hearing last week. Yes. Um, you want to explain what that was? Yeah, so last year, um, the uh, High Department of Health issued a denial of the variance application that they applied for. So they can't get a transfer agreement because no hospital, kind of like Toledo, no hospital in Dayton will sign a transfer agreement with the, hos- with the clinic. So they actually went through the process to get a variance. The law says you need one backup doctor for a variance. They applied with two and were denied and were told that you need a third. So they found a third doctor to sign on to this variance. And these are all public records. So these doctors are basically signing a piece of paper guaranteeing that they're going to be harassed. Right. So they found a third doctor willing to do that and stand up for the clinic. And even though the clinic had been told you need a third when they turned in three, they still denied the variance. And the idea of backup doctors is a really dumb idea. It's complete BS. You know, if if I've got a uh, root canal and my oral surgeon that day gets hit by a bus, mm-hmm. they just call me up and they cancel the appointment. There's yes. no backup doctor. Yeah. I've never seen a backup doctor. I'm either going in for an appointment with my doctor or we're canceling the appointment. This is, you know, these mm-hmm. are outpatient surgical procedures or they're, here is this pill. Yeah. We don't need backup doctors for abortion clinics or really, you know, any yeah. sort of medical. So mm-hmm. Backup doctors aren't a thing. Yeah. Well, and they're not the, to actually be there to do the procedure. They're to stand in the place of a transfer agreement, which is just as ridiculous because we don't need transfer agreements. It doesn't right. matter. I mean, in these cases, again, just like the transfer agreement, you could have a transfer agreement with one hospital and the ambulance decide to transport the patient to another one. The same thing happens here. You might have backup doctors at one hospital and the ambulance is still going to transport these wherever they, the patient, wherever they want to transport them, not to the hospital where you have a backup doctor. Right. I mean, frankly, that is what happened with Women's Med Center was that he had a had a couple of backup doctors at one hospital and they actually revoked his license because instead of calling one of those backup doctors, he called another backup to his backup doctors at the hospital where the patient was actually being transported to. Right. So ODH got mad at the clinic in Sharonville and began the process to shut them down. And now it's closed because instead of calling a backup doctor at a hospital that the patient was never going to go to Haskell called a backup doctor at the hospital where the patient was going to go to. He got in trouble for that. So just to prove that this is absolutely in no way, shape, or form about health or safety or patient care or anything else. This is complete BS. So yeah, so they denied the variance and therefore denied their license. And so now we're fighting over the license of Women's Med Center. And because we had the bad case out of capital care in Toledo that went to the Supreme Court and we lost, the right. state court is a little bit bound by that decision. Right. So that we knew was, it was... That was the biggest factor here. We were yes. pretty much set up to lose this round. Yes, because of the capital care decision. Right. I mean, the Dayton case was filed before capital care, so we didn't know that was going to happen when we filed it. So yeah, so now the clinic has 30 days to look over its appeal options. The clinic will very importantly stay open during this period of time, the temporary right. restraining order against the closure notice stays in effect during this period of time they have to figure out what their next step is. And as soon as we know what the next step is, we'll let people know about it. So, right. uh, Our executive director, Kelly Copeland, put out a press release um, noting important that the state's attack against this clinic isn't just like the state of Ohio. It's Mike DeWine's office. Yes. 
She said, Mike DeWine continues to use the office of the attorney general to attack abortion providers and the women who rely on them. His actions are shameful. DeWine's case against the clinic relies on medically unnecessary regulations passed by anti-choice politicians more interested in scoring political points than protecting the health care of our citizens. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. I mean, that piece is really important. Mike DeWine could decide at any point in time to drop these cases. Right. And I mean, the transfer agreement is nearly identical to the admitting privileges requirement that was struck down by Whole Women's Health. Right. So in the wake of Whole Women's Health, several state attorney generals, even in not blue states, so like Arkansas and Alabama, their attorney generals have decided to stop appealing they just said, hey, I'm not going to waste time or money on this because yeah, these because the court rules ruled. Are yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, they were very much anti-choice, not with us attorney generals who made that decision. But instead, Mike DeWine continues to waste our time, waste our money on these frivolous um, lawsuits and attacks on abortion clinics. Right. So, yeah, the courts matter and um, who decides who goes to court matters. So, um Right. Let's not have Mike DeWine as governor of Ohio, and let's make sure Steve Deidelbach is the attorney general next year. Yes. <laughs> uh, something we're going to be doing uh, to ensure Steve Deidelbach becomes the next attorney general of the state of Ohio, uh, this Sunday is a day of action. Yes. Uh, what's happening then? So it's actually a national day of action across the country. Rallies and various things are happening. We decided to put boots on the ground and do the work that needs to be done for the election this year. So we've partnered with Planned Parenthood Votes Ohio, Conservation Ohio, and a human rights campaign to do canvases in Columbus and Cleveland to make sure people understand the dangers of the Kavanaugh nomination to the court and why we need to elect people to protect our rights and protect our environment here in Ohio, like Rich Cordray, Betty Sutton, Steve Deidelbach, Danny O'Connor, all those fabulous people. Right. And then uh, tonight is the uh, the next round of the road show. Yep. Uh, you and I are going to be in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Hannah's going to be up there in Akron yep. talking to folks. Uh, you want to give people a preview of what happens this evening? Yeah. So in Dayton, we're partnering again with Jennifer Branch, um, who is the attorney in the Dayton case we just talked about, and a lot of the cases that protect access to abortion care in Ohio. And also a medical student um, will be joining us to kind of talk about the medical aspects of of making abortion illegal and what happens to doctors and patients and those kinds of things. So that's the Dayton one. And then in Akron, I almost said Cleveland, um, in Akron, we're going to actually partnering with New Voices up there too to bring some of the RJ Lynch um, into the um, presentation as well. So Hannah will be up in Akron with New Voices and Kelly Copeland, our director, and a bunch of other fabulous folks. Cool. And then she's got, I think there's only one more scheduled left. We've got Toledo still being scheduled, but um, Cleveland is next week on the 28th. Yes. So tonight in Dayton, tonight in Akron, uh, check out our Facebook page for information on all of these events. Um, The uh, Cleveland event on uh, Sunday will be launched out of our Cleveland office. Uh, It's on Shaker Boulevard. The event uh, on Sunday in Columbus uh, is the For Our Future office. Yes. Uh, downtown, uh, 341 South 3rd Street. Um, and then the last road show is August 28th. Uh, that one is in Cleveland uh, at the Shaker Heights Public Library. 
September 25th is the September Reproductive Health Happy Hour. It's at some place called Eight and Sand. Yes. I think it's actually um, the bar that one of our favorite bartenders from, um, why am I forgetting it? St. James just opened. Okay. If I'm remembering a conversation with Kelly that I had. Cool. So the, the St. James family that's been helping us yes. out uh, is... Is expanding to new locations. So nice. we're checking that out. Okay. This one's on East... In- East... <laughs> East Innes Avenue. <laughs> that's a really hard thing to say out loud. I don't yes, know that I've ever is. said that out loud before. East Innes Avenue. <laughs> September 25th uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. That's the September Repro Health Happy Hour. Uh, da, 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 da. We're also going to be watching an event coming up in October, October 20th. It's the Lady Parts Justice 2018 Golden Probe Awards. <laughs> awards. Um, awards. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long week, The people. events are just tongue twister city here. Uh, <laughs> this is a terrific event. Lady Parts Justice, the terrific comedy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, who came through uh, Ohio uh, Columbus this year, Confest weekend. They do this like full-size award show, red yeah. carpet and everything with actual celebrities. Like the entire cast of Orange is the New Black is going to be there. Stormy oh, Daniels awesome. is going to be there. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Margaret Cho is emceeing the event. Mm. Uh, it's October 20th. It's in New York City, so yes. it's not here. Yeah, no. Um, but if you uh, if you can get to New York or if you just want to watch it online because they stream the entire yes. thing, uh, it's Liz Winstead's kind of end of the year recap of all the crazy stuff that her organization has done. Okay, so uh, we're going to hit the road to Dayton. Yep. Uh, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.